it is yet another rainy day <laughs> i am so over it it's rainy it's cold um fortunately for us the temperature is supposed to go up to the upper 50s and even 60s but it is still cold and it is still rainy very 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 rainy it seems like it rains every two days every other day every two days it's raining i have not been able to go outside like i really want to my yard is a mess <laughs> the front and the back it is just an absolute disaster out there and um yeah i i am over it and I'm really looking forward to spring. It is February and it is one of the colder months and apparently the groundhog saw his shadow. So what that's like six more weeks of winter. So they say seems to be pretty accurate this time. And so, uh, yeah, this is what we got. We even had a little bit of snow. It snowed several times. It didn't stick. But, you know, it's just very gross outside, um, very muddy, and I'm over it. And, um, but this is the season that there is a particular animal, two actually, that have been roaming around. And so, um, last week I did a podcast on foxes, um, interesting enough i i have been on next door neighbor app and i can't really say i'm on there because i'm i'm really the type of person i am is i'm not really into a whole bunch of apps um people send me apps to download all the time and i'll download them for like one day and then i usually delete them and they're in the cloud i'm just bad about really if it's not the basic phone text um email voicemail whatever the case i'm not really using the app other than what i have to do on social media for my business because i do have my own business but i'm just really not uh, just on the phone like that and so um, I don't have any games on my phone so I don't play games at all um, and so um, my bible app is probably the most used app besides my social media platforms that I have to do my business on I'm not really using any apps and so um, I but people send me stuff all the time and I and, and I get um, stuff that's supposed to be like coupons and then you you make so much money on them and you can collect your money and yeah um so I I, I need to really try to do that <laughs> but I just have not been successful um but I, I have I've I have the next door neighbor app I frequently delete it I don't really know a whole lot about even how to use the app other I do, I do what what ends up happening is I I get the digest to one of my email addresses and I basically spend all of my time reading the digest and then actually using the app and if I if it, if I open it up 
it usually takes me to Safari and I'm reading whatever I'm reading on there. So saying all of that to say, I've been looking at the Next Door Neighbor Digest and a lot of my neighbors have been um, complaining about wolves in the area <laughs> and that they see wolves and they want to know who else see wolves, who else see wolves. Well, I have found it hilarious to be quite honest. I, every time I see someone say that they've seen a wolf, I literally crack up. It is hilarious to me because there are no wolves in suburban areas. You're not going to go outside and see a wolf. Um, and so I'm going to clear up some things today and kind of explain what's going on here. So um, wolves travel in packs, first of all, okay? So if you see a wolf, you're not going to see a wolf. You would see wolves. And you have to be out somewhere like Alaska. I don't know. You got to be out somewhere in the deep, deep, deep forest to see a pack of wolves. And by the time you see the wolves, it's too late <laughs> because <clears throat> they would have already seen you, tracked you, tracked your sin from miles away. Um, by the time you see the wolf or the wolves, uh, you're pretty much a dinner. But in this case, these are not wolves that my neighbors are seeing. And it's hilarious to read the comments because it's amazing just how much people don't know and how much people assume things. And so um, one of the things that have been assumed by some of the things I read is that um, the wolf that they are seeing is a hybrid um, or um, what they are seeing, um, somebody placed them there. Or just it's just all kind of weird stuff, um, but it's not wolves at all. What my neighbors are seeing is coyotes. Okay, um, in February, coyotes and foxes. You might see them out because it is mating season, so they are looking for a mate. And coyotes will often travel in pairs, so you will see a male and a female because they are monogamous. They they get together and they stay together. Sometimes you may see three. I'm probably pushing it by saying four um, because the sometimes um, a brother or a sister coyote will stay behind to help raise the kids, which are the baby coyotes once they are born and they are born in the spring so in february you're gonna see you might see them roaming around because they are um it's mating season i've read a lot on the app that people say they're nocturnal so if you see them during the day run they are they have rabies that also is not true although they um, do hunt at night they can hunt during the day and 
Um, they actually are not a rabies carrying mammal, although they can carry rabies or they can have it. They don't typically, it's not like raccoons where you have to really be like extra cautious. Um, so there's just a lot of myths about um, this dog. Okay, so I'm going to read a little bit about the coyote. This is coming from coyotesmarts.org. And a coyote is one of the world's most adaptable animals. The coyote is, is a native species that is increased in range as a result of human alteration of the landscape and human intolerance of wolves. The coyote's natural enemies natural enemies so if there were wolves in the area there would be no coyotes just like if there's foxes in the area um or if there's coyotes in the area then there is probably no foxes because the wolves will eat the fox the coyotes and the coyotes would attack the um, foxes they are related but they don't want to be around um, each other and that just goes to show you also that coyotes are, as I said, adaptable animals. They're in a wide range of areas, so they can be in an area where there are wolves, but in, in the in the in a urban area, you're not gonna have wolves. You're, you're gonna have coyotes. So people, if you think you see wolves, they're not wolves or coyotes. If you're in an, in an urban area, in the south, okay, I'm in Georgia. Um. Let's see. They are about 30 to 50 pounds, and the length is about 48 to 60 inches. Um, let's see. Coyotes expand their range. They also expand their menu. They are omnivores. So last week I told you that foxes are omnivores. They don't just eat meat. So coyotes are the same. They are omnivores. So they eat rabbits, mice, insects, and they also feed on fruits and vegetables. Your garbage. Birds. Um, they will even feed on your pets. If you have a small pet, like a small, like a cat or, you know, a really, really tiny dog, they're territorial. So they will eat, um, eat your pet. But... They're not coming to your yard to attack your pet. So um, if you have a larger dog, like as I was seeing last week, like a pit bull or a German shepherd, they're, you know, that they're much bigger. They're, there's really no competition there. Your dog is going to more likely win. A coyote is not a raging dog that is after you and after, you know, whatever you have unless you're leaving stuff out for it. It's it's not, they're territorial. So they're going to, if you have a coyote in your area, um, a pair in your area, um, and they're not bothering you, leave them be. Um, a lot of coyotes are protected by state law, so you can't just go out and shoot one. But if they're in your area, they're also keeping other things away from your area, unless, you know, that you have, farm animals and they're you know messing with your farm animals it's a little bit different but if you have them in your area 
Um, you don't have to go and seek after them because what will actually happen if you if you have two coyotes, a male and a female, in your area, if you kill one of those coyotes, the only thing that's well, what's going to happen is that other coyote is going to go out and find another partner and bring that partner back to that area. So it's like if you get rid of one, you're going to get another one in place of it. That's just how this works. So um, it's advised that if you have a coyote or two coyotes or whatever in your area and they're not bothering you, leave them be because if you if you get rid of that coyote and that coyote goes out and get another coyote, when that coyote may not be so nice, it might actually be coming into your yard and, you know, attacking your animals and doing whatever. There's plenty of things out there for a coyote to eat. So, um, I kind of want to talk about today the fact that they're mistaken as wolves. I don't want to get too much more into, um, about the coyote itself you can go to coyotesmarts.org you can go anywhere and and look up the coyote especially in your area I always like to um, find out what's in my area anytime we move I before we move to wherever we're going I love to go and find out what animals I've always been this way what animals what birds what insects I kind of want to know what I'm getting myself into and I learned that because being a person, um, a, a child and teenager growing up in Dallas, Texas, um, I really didn't, we didn't really have an issue with stuff. Now, Texas is known for, you know, of course, a lot of things. Um, they have, Texas has rattlesnakes and um, there are scorpions and, you know, things like that. But... Unless you're out in the country, you're not really going to see anything like that. I was from the city, right in the heartland of Dallas. So the worst thing that I saw was leopard, uh, not leopard geckos, but uh, geckos, the green geckos in my tub when I would come home from work. And so um, really too much didn't see anything other than hawks from time to time eagles because that's the that's our state bird and so um I just really didn't have an issue with anything and it when I moved to Oklahoma though oh my lord Jesus that is when I realized I needed to be acquainted with my surroundings I needed to know what I was getting myself into because when I went to Oklahoma, there was tarantulas, and I learned that tarantulas migrate in September and October. I would literally see a bunch of them crossing the street. I would be just driving down the street, and there goes a tarantula just crossing the street, trying to get over to the other side. It was not a big deal. It was just what they did, and that's just how it is there. Um, we would get one in our garage. Um, every year we would get a tarantula would somehow get in our garage it's the freakiest thing ever um, 
they have wolf spiders and that was very interesting because wolf spiders eyes look like from a distance they kind of glow like little they sparkle like little diamonds like it's the weirdest thing to see this ugly big large spider and their eyes is sparkly so that was really weird and then um we killed one one time we hit it with the broom and when we lifted up the broom baby spiders went everywhere just like out of nowhere like where the heck did these baby spiders come from and that's when I found out that you know female wolf spiders carry their babies on their back <laughs> so if you kill a female and she has her babies on her back. It's making my flesh crawl right now. Probably yours too. But they just run. They just expand. Just go everywhere. So it's like you got to really jump out of the way. to. to so you may not want to when you, if you have a wolf spider in the area, you may not want to step on it. You may, you know, you just, you might want to spray it and back up when you do. Um, and we had scorpions. And that's when I found out that in the state of Oklahoma, there are no poisonous scorpions. Um. And I learned how to tell the difference as well as between uh, the difference between a, a poisonous one and a non-poisonous one. But there, there are no venomous uh, scorpions in the whole state. So it's only one species of um, scorpion in Oklahoma. And uh, they were very vicious. And we would get them in our house. We would get them. We would get them more than any other bug. We would get at least... In the spring, we would probably get at least six scorpions in our house. Most of the time they were dead, but there were times they were not, and more times than not. Um, and so it, it it's just an, I had to really sort of get out of my fear zone, and I had to really learn. And so it was from that moment on, anywhere within Oklahoma that we moved, I would look and try to find out what was in that particular area, which in Oklahoma, it's your, the only way that you can kind of get that I, what I've learned, what I learned when I was there, is the only way that we could get away from them was to move as closest to the most city parts of Oklahoma as possible. We were in Lawton, so it was uh, Lawton Fort Seals, a military town. For those of you that may be in the military, you'll probably know what I'm talking about. And so if we were out in Cash or we were out on the east side, um, it was just a lot of like, my husband would call it natal bait because it was just like tornado bait because it's just, you're out in the middle of nowhere. And of course you're like tornado bait. <laughs> but if you moved toward Cameron University, which is a college that I went to when I was living there, which is right in the heart of Lawton and, um, it's where more of the, you know, urban areas and the houses and things like that were, the stores and things are so not houses but the stores and stuff and so if you were in that area then you were less likely to have you know the tarantulas and the scorpions and things like that and so I quickly learned okay wherever we were gonna move I needed to investigate and find out what we were getting ourselves into and so when we decided to come to uh to move to Georgia I was really like freaked out for a long time because 
the only thing I ever heard about Georgia as far as I wanted to move here because it was beautiful, but what I would always hear was water moccasins and copperheads. <laughs> oh, they got water moccasins and copperheads. Well, there are probably water moccasins and copperheads in every state. But, you know, when you're just people sort of like take one scary thing and apply it to one area. And so that's, that was the thing here, you know, snakes. And so, and I had never seen a snake outside of like a zoo or something like that. And so um, I was really freaked out by that. And since we've been here, we've had three rat snakes in this house. Never, not in my house, but you know, in my yard. Never seen, that was the, really like the first time I've ever seen a snake, like in person, like outside of a zoo in my yard. But um, I've never seen any water moccasins or copperheads. And um, I've, but like in any other area that we lived in, that was not there, but it was one house we lived in and there was this like, it was pretty close to a tarantula, it was a pretty big spider. Uh, that freaked the mess out of me and my kids, but never seen it in any other area. So I've just made sure to just check my areas and, um, you know, where I'm going so that I can know what's there. So I'm not thrown off guard. And I pretty much try to go to an area where there's least bugs as possible. Um, and so, um, I kind of learned that the water moccasins and copperheads were going to be in the areas where there were more lakes and because they needed to be near, particularly the water moccasin needs to be near a water source. And I just decided to educate myself and educate my kids. Okay. We looked up, you know, all of the snakes in Georgia and we, I wanted to be able to identify them from a distance as best I could. Um, and I wanted my kids to be able to identify them so that I could trust them being outside playing without worrying about them getting attacked by a snake because they scared it or whatever the case. Um, and at one point, we literally lived right on a pond. And amazingly enough, I don't know if it was because of the geese, but there was n we were literally right like I would step outside my back door and the pond was right there and we we never had one snake not one it was turtles and geese and sometimes ducks I would literally open my back door and it would be a family of ducks literally sitting on my porch and then the geese would greet us coming out because we would come out and they would you know they would greet us at the door because they were hungry and we would feed them too and so you know um but we never saw a snake. And so um, I haven't had any problems really being here with, you know, snakes and things like that. And I hope I never do. But, you know, it's just always good. I always say you have more power when you have knowledge. And so when you educate yourself and you know what's in your area, you don't have to really freak out. So to know that there are foxes and coyotes and things like that in my area and to research them and have an idea of their behaviors and what they do and you know how you can kind of keep them out of your yard and things that can draw them to your yard when you educate yourself with things like that then you feel more powerful so you don't have to be afraid living out in the woods because you know what's out there okay 
There are possibly coyotes out there. Do they want to bother me? Not really. If I'm going to take a hike, I'm going to take my dogs with me. I personally don't hike, but if I did, I would take my dogs with me. So you just have to know what's in your area, be aware, and then you can feel more powerful and comfortable to live your life. Whatever you do, you don't want to live your life in fear. And I assure you, if you are in an urban area, you're more likely not going to see a pack of wolves. So that would be pretty scary. I don't think I would be taking any walks with knowing that there is a pack of wolves out. So when we come back, I'm going to jump right into this biblical story that this coyote reminds me of. And uh, it's quite a bit to cover. I'm going to try to make it as quick as possible. Um, And yeah, so right after this message. Because of watching or reading all of the messages on the Next Door Neighbor app from my neighbors, thinking that a coyote is a wolf made me think about what I like to call the imposter syndrome. It's not so much the coyote that's doing it. It's the people that are assuming that the coyote is a wolf. But the fact that the coyote looks so similar to the wolf, even though there is some pretty big differences. I mean, a wolf is much bigger and their face is slightly fuller and not as narrow as a coyote. Um, but still, the size, the, the, it's the fur that makes them look bigger than what they really are. They're pretty actually skinny. Um, but they have an advantage on people that they don't realize. And that advantage is that people just simply think that they are a wolf. And who wants to be anywhere near a wolf, right? So it reminds me of an imposter, someone pretending to be something that they are not. And because of that, it drew me to a particular story in the Bible of someone who pretended to be someone they were not. I'm going to read from Genesis chapter 27, and I'm going to skim through as fast as I can. But I'm going to be talking about Jacob and Esau. Chapter 27, I'm reading from the easy to read version, and it states, Isaac grew old, and his eyes became so weak that he could not see clearly. One day he called his his older son Esau and said to him, Son, Esau answered, Here I am. Isaac said, I am old. Maybe I will die soon. So take your bow and arrows and go hunting. Kill an animal for me to eat. Prepare the food that I love. Bring it to me and I will eat it. Then I will bless you before I die. So Esau went hunting. So to give you a short backdrop of this story is during this time, it was like a big deal for the father to pray a blessing on the oldest son. And Jacob and Esau are twins, but Esau is a little bit older. And so he gets the blessing. 
There's a lot of things about this story I don't understand. There's a lot of things that as a parent I don't get. But we just kind of have to go with the flow of the point that the story is trying to make. And so it was important that the oldest son got this blessing. Why they didn't necessarily do that over all of the children, I don't know, but it was over the oldest son. And the blessing, interestingly enough, was not just a parent saying, uh, I bless you, my son. I bless you, my daughter. No, it was like set in stone. Whatever the father prayed, whatever he did, whatever the custom was, it was set in stone and there was no turning back. So let's keep reading. Verse 5. So Esau went hunting. Rebecca was listening when Isaac told his son Esau. Wait a minute, let me go back. <laughs> Rebecca was listening when Isaac told this to his son Esau. Rebecca said to her son Jacob, Listen, I heard your father talking to your brother Esau. Your father said, Kill an animal for me to eat. Prepare the food for me and I will eat it. Then with the then with the Lord as witness, I will bless you before I die. So listen, son, and do what I tell you. Go out to our goats and bring me two young ones i will prepare them the way for your father loves them then you will carry the food to your father and he will bless you before he dies but jacob told his mother rebecca my brother esau is a hairy man i am not hairy like him if my father touches me he will know that i am not esau then he will not bless me he will curse me because I tried to trick him. Now, uh, his mother is very deceptive. We got two people here that are being very deceptive. She's being very deceptive. This is probably something Jacob never even thought to do. But now he's considering it because his mother is deceptive. So verse 13, so Rebecca said to him, I will accept the blame if there is trouble. Do what I said. Go get the goats for me. So Jacob went out and got two goats. And I'm just going to kind of sum this up. So Jacob goes out and he does everything. He brings, he, his mom fixes the food. He brings the food to his father. And then um, his father doesn't, you know, his father is blind. So he, he's like, <laughs> interesting. He says, um, you sound like Jacob because he's going in there and he's pretending to be Esau. And he's like, well, you sound like Jacob. So let me touch you. And so Jacob goes over and he touches him. And it's because he put something on him to make his body hairy like his brother. So now he's being even more deceptive. And <laughs> he basically tricks um, his father into blessing him so let me see if I can skip down because like I said it's a lot so I don't want to read every single scripture in this text so I'm gonna go to 21 so then Isaac said to Jacob come near me so I can feel you my son if I can feel you I would know if you are really my son Esau so Jacob went to Isaac, his father. Isaac felt him and said, your voice sounds like Jacob's voice, but your arms are hairy like the arms of Esau. Isaac did not know it was Jacob because his arms were hairy like Esau's. 
So Isaac blessed Jacob. All right. So then, let's see. Isaac finishes blessing Jacob. So let's go down to verse 30. Isaac finished blessing Jacob. Then, just as Jacob left his father, Isaac, Esau came in from hunting. So just so happens as soon as he gets the blessing, he leaves and now here comes Esau. Esau prepared the food in a special way for his father. He brought it to his father and said, Father, I am your son. Get up and eat the meat for, from the animals that I killed for you. Then you can bless me. But Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am your son, your first son, Esau. Duh. Then Isaac became so upset that he began to shake. That is angry. He said, then who was that who cooked and brought me food before you came? I ate it all and I blessed him. Now it is too late to take back my blessing. Verse 34. When Esau heard his father's words, he became very angry and bitter. He cried out and said to his father, Then bless me also, father. This is what I didn't understand because you will find that he couldn't do that. So verse 35, Isaac said, your brother tricked me. He came and took your blessing. Esau said, his name is Jacob. That is right. That is the right name for him. He has tricked me twice. He took away my rights as the firstborn son. And now he has taken away my blessing. Then Esau said, have you saved any blessings from me? Isaac answered, I have already given Jacob the power to rule over you. Godly. Have you ever been in a situation where somebody tricked you to get on top and then now they over you? That is sickening. Keep going in that verse. It says, and I said, all his brothers will be his servants. I have given him the blessing for much grain and wine. There is nothing left to give you, my son. But Esau continued to beg his father, do you have only one blessing, father? Only one blessing. Bless me also, father. Esau began to cry. Then Isaac said to him, you will not live on good land. You will not live on good land. You will not have much rain. You will have to fight to live and you will have to slave to your brother. But when you fight to be free, you will break away from his control. Whew. Okay, verse 41. After that, Esau hated Jacob because of this blessing. Esau said to himself, my father will soon die. And after we finished with that, I will kill Jacob. Verse 42, Rebecca heard about Esau's plan to kill Jacob. She, she sent for Jacob and said to him, listen, your brother Esau is planning to kill you. So son, do what I say. And so she basically sends him away. And we're going to skip down to 45. When your brother forgets what you did to him, I will send you a servant to bring you back. I don't want to lose both of my sons the same way. 
So we have a deceptive woman, we have a deceptive brother, and we have a sad situation of somebody that innocently lost their blessing and was tricked twice, not once, but twice by their brother. Now, I want to quickly read from the Baker's Illustrated Bible about this story. Let's see. That was kind of loud. Me slamming my iPad down. Um, this is how we ended up getting the 12 tribes. And, um, I don't think I want to read it. It's too long. It's really long. So I'm not going to read it. But the sad part about this story is... Jacob has he's he's really sown a bad seed and he has to reap it and he does if you continue to read in in you know onto the story he does he is blessed but he does reap what he sow but I like the story in comparison to the coyote because of the imposter syndrome the 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 fact that you can trick someone you can pretend to be something that you are not the coyote has a way of looking and appearing to be a wolf so people assume it's a wolf so they are fear is placed in them because they don't know the truth and once they realize it's a coyote then even though a coyote it would be like way worse than a fox but you wouldn't your like fear kind of shuts off because you're like oh it's a coyote even though a coyote can be you know vicious um in the animal world but you kind of shut that off because you you you're no longer thinking that is a wolf and here it is this woman it's rebecca she's she's very deceptive she starts this whole thing this was not something that jacob was thinking about and if you read the rest of the story and you go into uh the foundation of the nation of Israel and and the blessings that God does for Jacob um he takes on the name of Israel um the fathers of 12 sons later developed the 12 tribes and just to actually think this was supposed to be Esau in the bible everywhere you would see the blessings of God on Jacob it wasn't even supposed to be him. It was supposed to be Esau. And, um, but his mother was so deceptful. Just why would you do that? You know the custom. Why would you do that? Why would you have him go and, and have this hair on him? And like you really are going out of your way to be deceptive. And, Although Jacob was blessed, he had to reap what he had sown there. If you go and you read the story further, it came back on him pretty hard. And you just have to be, um, I want you to be very careful how you treat people. Um, and a lot of this was based on jealousy. Rebecca was jealous. Jacob never, it probably never even entered his mind. He was just going to go with the custom. This was not something that he was considering doing, according to what we've read. It's not something that he was considering doing. He wasn't considering to become deceptive. 
Did his mother planted these thoughts in his mind and then told him what to do? She orchestrated the whole thing. And so surely she'd get her reward. But she orchestrated the whole thing. Um, fortunately, today, at least in here in the U.S., we don't have customs like this where God singles I won't say singles people out, but he, he, it's not a situation where I, I personally have two sons and I'm going to bless my oldest son, but my youngest son is not going to get anything. This is old Testament. This is different customs back in this time. But if I was in this time, it would not be right for me to be deceptive because I want my youngest son to get it, but now not my oldest. That would just be mean. And so um, all of the things that he did, Jacob did, he still had to suffer the consequences. And he had to repent and get forgiveness from his brother Esau. He had to go back to Esau and make things right. And then his deceptive nature and the deceptive nature of his mother caused sin to even enter Esau. Because Esau became, he he began to hate his brother. He began to resent his brother. And so if anything that I want you to get from this is that pretending to be something you are not, not only hurts yourself, but it hurts other people that you're supposed to love. It affects your entire family. This whole family was affected. The father was affected. Isaac, he was affected. He was so hurt. Not only did his son deceive and trick his brother, but he deceived and tricked him. And Rebecca did as well. There was nobody that really got something out of this because Jacob may have been blessed, but it was trouble. It was, it's, it's like, it's almost like, okay, you take a job from someone And yeah, you get paid very well, but now you have to work extra hard. You have to sweat to make things work on your job. Maybe your job is full, you you know, you're the only person of color or, you know, whatever the case. And and everyone in the workplace is racist. And I'm not making a point that that's the situation. I'm given the circumstances of how this world is at times, especially in corporate America, um, this could be the situation. And so, yeah, you're making $30 an hour, but you're miserable because you did not do it the right way. You did not, you were deceptive. You stole, you took. There was deception in the story. There was stealing in the story. There was a lot of hurt, resentment, lying, anger. There were so many sins that were committed. And it was starting with Rebecca. It started, the root started in her. And Jacob had already done some stuff, but, you know, she was the one that convinced him to do this and told him what to do. And she cooked the food. Jacob probably couldn't even cook. So, The spirit of deception 
is so powerful and it's so strong and it can break up families. It can destroy people's lives, their livelihood, because this was the custom. It was if the blessing went to the oldest son. Why the customs were like that? I don't know. I don't understand that. I couldn't imagine doing that. I couldn't imagine having to even be Jacob in a situation like this where my father is blessing my oldest, but I don't get anything. Really? Well, maybe it was just a particular blessing. They still were blessed. They still had a place to stay. Still had flocks. Still had animals, which at that time equated to money. So you were rich based on how many herds of sheep you had. <laughs> so don't pretend to be something you are not because it will not end well for you. Don't pretend so that you can get a blessing because the blessing may in the end not really be a blessing at all. It may end up being a curse. What Rebecca and Jacob did was wrong. And it hurt Esau and it hurt Isaac. And everyone was affected by it. There were other siblings. Everyone was affected by it. So if we learn anything from the coyote, let's learn the truth. The coyote is just a coyote. It is not a wolf. Truth, truth, truth. Not deception. That is all that I have for today. I am so thankful that you are listening to the podcast. I hope that you continue. I really appreciate your listenership. Stay tuned for more podcasts to come. And I think this is the finale. This is the last animal that I have for season three. I will jump right back in into season four, but this is the last animal I have for season three. I do have something special coming up um, that I'm going to be doing. I'm, I, I kind of want to announce it, but I don't want to announce it because I don't know if it's going to release next week or if it's going to uh, release this week because this podcast comes out on Monday. I really want to release this pot, this particular podcast out on Wednesday. Um, or if I'm going to wait and do it at the beginning of season four, which would just be the following week. But I have something special, some other people, some guests that are going to come on here. And um, I'm really excited about it. So I don't want to say too much about it because I just want you to know that there be looking out if you've subscribed. So if you haven't subscribed, subscribe. But if you have subscribed, you will get a notification letting you know that, hey, there is a, another podcast. It'll be a special podcast that we'll release. So you'll get the podcast, a regular podcast on Monday, and just know that you have an extra one coming that's going to release on a Wednesday. So anyways, thank you so much for listening to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. And I will be back with you in season four. Be blessed. Hi, this is Kristen, and thank you again for listening to Encouragement from Kristen's Backyard. I want to offer you an invitation today, an 
invitation to Christ. For John 3.16 states that for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. If that is you today and you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, all you have to do is confess your sins to him and then say, Jesus, come into my heart. I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. And there you are saved. Please subscribe to my channel so that you can receive all of my future podcasts and then go on over to YouTube and look up Encouragement from Kristen's Homestead and you can follow me there as well. And as an addition, I am also on Instagram at Encouragement from Kristen. Thank you again for listening and God bless.